Episode 19 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on January 2nd, 2017. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week, Carrie Fisher, a Star Wars legend, passes away. I'll talk about her and the lovely tributes held in the Old Republic. 2017 has arrived, and not soon enough, I'll take a look back at SWOTOR's 2016 and look ahead at what's in store for 2017. Finally this week, I'll talk a little more about Eternal Throne's Endgame and a stroke of good luck I had last week. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed and check out the state of the Old Republic. Well, welcome to episode 19 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another great show lined up for you today. First, as always, let's review some announcements for the Old Republic. Uh, just a reminder that the year is a character transfer sale that's happening right now. Transfers are only 90 cartel coins down from the normal price of 1000 So if you've been wanting to shuffle some of your characters around, now is the time. And again, this is scheduled to end on January the 18th, so a couple more weeks. And also, in-game right now, Life Day is going on, and I don't know, like me, it's going to end in about a week here, January 10th, but like me, you're probably sick and tired of A, pelting people with snowballs, and B, getting pelted with snowballs. I think this this event is kind of starting to wear thin, but if there are a few items like the Wampa Cub or the Life Day robes or things that you've been meaning to get your hands on, you have about another week or so to just continue, like, bombing people and NPCs, by the way, with those snowballs in hopes of getting the the, uh, the, the the parcels so you can go ahead and buy those things before the event ends on January the 10th. And also, as a reminder, it is SWOTOR's five-year anniversary. That celebration is going on. Head to the fleet. Be sure to buy all the gifts available for this year. Uh, and, I mean, the big thing is, that, of course, all the great artwork. You can just go up there with one character, purchase 50 of each, and uh, that way you'll have the full complement. But there's also a new party Java and, of course, the Senya Hollow Statue Skill Trainer. And if you want those on each of your characters, you'll have to go to the trainer and log in with each one of them, or I should say the vendor, with each one of those characters and purchase those items individually. I really wish they had added those to the collection. That way they'd be available for every single character on your account, but, uh, but alas, that's not, that's not how it is. So, uh, be sure and log in your various characters before this event ends also on January the 10th. So, all right, that's all the announcements I have for this week. Let's slice the holonet and go over the news. And it was a very, uh, sad week, of course. Uh, Carrie Fisher, uh, who played Princess Leia and General Organa, as she was known in The Force Awakens, passed away, uh, shortly before the, before the new year. And it was very, very sad. And, uh, I know a lot of people still aren't quite over this. It was, you know, she was just, what can I say? 
she was way too young, went way too soon, and uh, she will be be sorely missed. And then, of course, if that weren't bad enough in what I guess would, would say life imitating art, a day after Carrie Fisher passed away, her mother, uh, actress Debbie Reynolds, also passed away. And I say life imitating art because, of course, if you remember from Revenge of the Sith, Princess Leia's mother, uh, Queen Amidala, Padme Amidala, died from a broken heart. And then it looks like Carrie Fisher's mother, Debbie Reynolds, also uh, passed away uh, of a broken heart, certainly from all the, all the distress of, of losing Carrie. And uh, all I can say is we all certainly felt that way uh, when we heard the news. Um, and I guess in what would be uh, somewhat uplifting or, 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 or inspiring anyway, uh, Star Wars The Old Republic made news on many, many gaming sites as players, including myself, were making pilgrimages to Alderaan and visiting House Organa to pay their respects and, 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 and tribute for uh, the passing of Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia. And it was just, just very moving to see that. It was just wonderful. Um, it's just, you know, really, you wonder why people play this game, I guess, and what makes the community of Star Wars The Old Republic so great and why group content, which I alluded to last episode, is important. It's because of stuff like this where the community comes together and, you know, does something like this, where they just make a trip down to Alderaan just, just to pay just to pay their respects. It's it's awesome. And I said this last week that many of the memories that you make playing this game have a lot to do with who you play with and what you do with the, these friends. It's not just about killing bosses and and this type of stuff. It's it's some of the, the what I would call player made, player driven content, and that's why group content, and that's why new operations and things. And you can go listen to the to to, to last. Uh, last week's episode to, to know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to rehash it all, but it's, you know, it's why we really come and play these games and why this game continues to, to last like it does because it's, we're all Star Wars fans at heart. We play this game because it's a Star Wars game and there's a very strong social aspect to it and that kind of brings us together, binds us together, if you will. And you could see it with uh, the sad passing of, of, of Carrie Fisher. And, uh, you know, I, I blogged a little bit about this over at SotorPodcast.com, my site there. And, you know, what can I say? She was an amazing, and uh, I'll, I'll leave it at this, that Princess Leia showed you that you could be a princess and a badass and not have to choose between the two. And she was just an amazing character and uh, just just someone that I certainly certainly admired. And, and, and Carrie Fisher was, was just someone who was just... It's just a terrible, very sad loss, as I said. Gone much too young and way too soon. And uh, she will be missed. All right, so the next thing I wanted to talk about today was, it's well, it's 2017, so Happy New Year to everyone out there. I hope you had a, a good holiday, despite this, the sad news of, of Carrie Fisher's pass, passing. And so what I thought I would do today is go review kind of Star Wars The Old Republic and take a look back at 2016, what kind of year they had, what kind of things they did, and maybe, you know, sort of look and 
see what that might mean for the game here in 2017. And I probably should have done this last week, but hey, here, here we are and, uh, it's, it's what I'd like to do, uh, today. So, uh, if you recall, go, going back a little further to the 2015, of course, Knights of the Fallen Empire launched in October 5th, October of 2015. They only released the first nine chapters and that was kind of enough to tide things over and give us enough to do until the new year. And actually January was very quiet. There was a small update with some minor fixes, but that was it. And the first big release was game update 4.1, which actually happened in February. And this brought us chapter 10 anarchy in paradise. And it was a, a pretty big patch uh, we were finally able to continue the story. Uh, they had an alliance alert where you could go and get HK55 back as a companion if you had been, if you were subscribed on January 11th. And we also got the alliance alert for, for Blizz. Uh, other big thing, uh, that happened with patch 4.1 was it brought a big crafting update. They introduced new crew skill levels up to 550 and new grade materials and schematics. And it was actually kind of strange, right? Because those are the types of changes uh, and the sorts of things you'd expect when an expansion launches, kind of like what we saw with Knights of the Eternal Throne. And they weren't necessarily the types of changes you would find midstream. Um, to their credit, Bioware did put in a temporary vendor, which allowed you to directly convert grade 9 materials to grade 10. I thought that was a really cool thing and made, made that transition so much easier. And it's also the patch where they allowed materials and other items to stack to 9,999 units, which was one of the best things ever. I remember delighting in just how much inventory space I freed up with that update. So it was a pretty good update. It was a good chapter. Um, introduced uh, Kaleo uh, back into the story. And other than that, it was it was pretty good, except I just didn't... There was a lot of running around and it was a lot of killing Sky Troopers. And I remember I was always sort of being annoyed every time I replay it that how spread out some of the, some of the enemies were. It was kind of, you know, you couldn't just group them up in AoE, but... Um, uh, story-wise, it was a pretty good chapter, but very long and very, very tedious. It was a very tedious ch- chapter, um, especially once you defeated um, the director of Overwatch, and you know you had to fight your way back out to the to the entrance. I always, I always hated that part, but 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 there you go. So that was that was February. Uh, then in March, we got Chapter Eleven, which was Disavowed. And this came, of course, was game update 4.2. This brought Havoc Squad back into the story. It's actually one of my favorite chapters. It was especially fun to do it on my trooper. Uh, you got Eric Jorgen as a companion. And I was disappointed, though, that they did not bring Alara Dorn back as well. I mean, right now she's the only missing member from Havoc Squad. And my trooper had a romance with her. And I think they tried to come up with some story that due to her former imperial ties that she was a threat of some kind and 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 her whereabouts at this point are kind of unknown she's one of those those missing companions and well i think there was that was kind of a neat thing a neat little uh story of little flavor to add to her story it's yet to be fleshed out and i just think it would have been better to just have her still have her you know still have been a part of havoc squad and brought her back as a companion along with it with eric jorgen i think that would have been uh, a little better than, than just having her out there, they're missing. But overall, I like that chapter. It's not very long. They tried to introduce that little bit of a, 
uh, a puzzle where to disable, I think, a shield or to just to get another stronghold where you had to follow the different colored uh, cables to figure out where the items were that you had to deactivate, which was kind of neat the first time you went through it. Of course, once you learned it, it was a uh, no big deal, but still, still was nice. It was just a little bit something different, something that we hadn't quite seen in any of the chapters. And then we move on to April, of course, brought us game update 4.3, and this was chapter 12, Visions in the Dark. And um, I have such mixed feelings about this chapter. For one, it, it, it doesn't work well at all for non-force users. And now that I've completed all of the Knights, all of Knights of the Eternal Throne, I feel even stronger about that, knowing how everything turned out. That, yeah, really, it was just not a great story for non-force users. And this chapter is even worse now. Looking back on it, if you were playing as a non-force user, it's the chapter where we got the weapon, right? We went to that forge and we crafted this weapon and it never really came into play. And I've talked about this on previous podcasts about how you don't even have to equip it for the final fight against Archon, a fight that I like a lot, but you know, the weapon was just really served no purpose and it was just sort of, sort of a waste. Uh, the chapter involved a lot of jumping around, fighting things, finding things. It was just one giant scavenger hunt, which was kind of neat and a little different. But I think overall, it's probably my least favorite of the Knights of the Fallen Empire chapters. I also didn't care for, uh, Satil Shan in this chapter, and I, and I absolutely hated what became of Darth Mar. I mean, he was just sort of the shadow of his former Sith self, and so, and then they just disappeared from the story, uh, entirely after this. So yeah, this was just, uh, you know, had a lot of potential, a chance to be a very interesting chapter, but overall I thought it was one of the weaker chapters. Um, now, if you were into PvP, uh, this patch brought the start of rank season seven. There was a new war zone, the Odessan Proving Grounds, and there was a new war zone arena, the Rishi Cove, uh, arena. So, I mean, I think for PvP players, this was, this was probably the first real content that you saw, uh, in this entire expansion. It was long overdue, and I think, I think people were initially, uh, happy, uh, you know, to finally see a new battleground and then a new arena as well. Uh, what else? We also had the ability to unlock an additional stronghold, which meant you could unlock all the strongholds at once. And in the quality of life department, we got the option to set favorite mounts in vehicles. And this is actually something I use, uh, all the time. So pretty, pretty good patch overall, I think, other than I thought this was one of the weaker story chapters. So that was April. Moving on to May, we got uh, game update 4.4 in chapter 13, Profit and Plunder. And Profit and Plunder is easily my favorite chapter in Knights of the Fallen Empire. Galt and Vet are two of my favorite companions, especially Galt. It was light and humorous. And by the way, Star Wars itself is not short on humors. And in many ways, I thought, I thought this was very much a Star Wars chapter. It was full of witty banter and heroes having their plans go to hell. Uh, and, and having to kind of adjust things on the fly really fits right in with, with many, with most Star Wars adventures. So I actually thought this was a, very much a Star Wars, um, adventure, even though it was really a diversion from the rest of the story. It was just, you know, a chance to kind of catch our breaths and didn't really factor all that much into the main storyline. Uh, but, 
Uh, patch 4.4 also introduced a new feature. This was the Eternal Championship. I thought this was very good. I thought it was well done and had some nice rewards, and there was some decent amount of replay value to it. I have yet to try it in this new expansion because I think it has been buffed up to level 70, but I'm just going to kind of wait until I have a little more free time and, well, feel like doing it and maybe have some some better gear. But I would like to go back and do it at least to get some of the decorations and other items. So I did. I thought the Eternal Championship was nice. It was a nice addition and would love it if they would expand this. Maybe add, you know, another version of it with some new bosses and things would, would could be fun. And also had the Alliance Alert for Bodar, so everyone could get a Wookiee companion. Uh, in June, they released Game Update 4.5, and that was Chapter 14, Mandalore's Revenge. And this was the return of Darvanus. It was a world that you could return to, which was nice. You could visit after uh, the story was uh, was done. And it was another source of grade 9 materials and, and actually continues to be a decent place for grade 10 mats because it's not that much crowded. You just have people there who are doing the story and, and not much else. Uh, so overall, it was a pretty good chapter. I, th- I thought having played it again recently, there's some nice variety there where you can either kind of, uh, if you hate the man, if you're someone that doesn't like the Mandalorians, wants to fear the Mandalorians, or just hates the Mandalorians, there's some good options for you to kind of hate the Mandalorians, and there's some good options for you to want to maybe partner up with them and and bring them into your alliance. And, and I kind of like that a lot, actually. That you could have those two 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 uh, sort of degrees of of choices there. So overall, uh, pr- pretty good chapter. Uh, also in June, towards the end of June. We all, we got another game update and we got game update 4.6 and this was chapter 15, the Gemini deception. Of course, this is where Scorpio takes the throne and it introduced, uh, the dark versus light event, um, which was really met with, how would I say this? It was, was not well received, I guess, when it was announced. And of course, the big controversy surrounding it was you had to create brand new characters in order to participate and earn the achievements associated with the event. And of course, that really wasn't a big deal if you wanted just to uh, get through the majority of the ranks, right? And I, I forget what they were off the top of my head, but anyway, you want to get to from the start to uh, the eternal rank really wasn't that hard to do. I believe you could do it with a minimum of two characters and that was really all you had to get to in order to get the bulk of the rewards which was a full set of the victorious pioneers armor set which of course gave you the xp bonus it's a great set it's great for leveling then it's great for leveling now even to get from 65 to 70 it's just a one of really probably the best reward to come out of that event and one of the best rewards they've given us in a long time and then if you wanted to get some of the mounts uh, as well as the companion, which ended up being Master Ranos, right? Which was no surprise at, at all, which was the light side companion. If you wanted to go on, there was, a, there was one more achievement, which was like legendary or, or I forget the name of it again, but that really required you to do an incredible number of things. I've likened it to say, Hey, you know, everything that you've accomplished in the first five years of Star Wars Old Republic, you now had to do on a brand new character. And like this short four or five months period for however long the event was, 
And I think that's what really bothered people the most was the fact that, hey, we'd already done all of this stuff and yet we weren't going to get any credit for it whatsoever. Um, and we had to start over again and reboot ourselves. But I think in the end, a lot of people actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It gave me a chance to revisit some of the class stories, kind of take a look at my uh, cast of characters that I created and make some new ones and, and make some new favorites. So it kept me busy and I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to do. I thought it was a good event. I don't know if they were to bring it back, say again later, as, as, as something to, to do during the lull, if I would really participate it participate in it again um, they'd really have to come up with some new spectacular rewards um, in order for me to want to do that again but I actually overall thought it was a nice feature and it was 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 pretty good um, there was no game updates in July because we got the 4.6 right at the end of June in August we got game update 4.7 of course this was chapter 16 the battle of of Odessan. It's also when I started this podcast, by the way. Um, and again, yeah, we finally finished the Knights of the Fallen Empire story. And I think I talked about that in one of, one of the earlier podcasts. And I've alluded to the fact that, hey, I like the final fight with Arkin, but, you know, we should have defeated him with our weapon and not that shield, as awesome as that moment was. <clears throat> but again, there you go. It also brought the new pack opening uh, experience and some collection UI improvements. And of course, you know, the new pack opening experience was not all that well received. Uh, moving on to September, we got game update 4.7.1, which brought the Shroud of Memory chapter, which was a subscriber uh, reward and allowed you to play this chapter as HK55. And then you got a brand new droid companion, Zoom, who was pretty cool. And I've been meaning to uh, play with mine and, and level up the, the, the influence. So, and then of course, uh, going through October, November, and December would let us into the release of Knights of the Eternal Throne, which, you know, yeah, we all know where that is. Galactic Command and everything. And, and here we are in 2017 and we know we're going to get a game update at the end of the month, uh, 5.1, which is going to bring some improvements to how we obtain gear for Knights of the Eternal Throne which will be good. So we'll have to wait and see. We're going to get the brand new uprisings and things. And then we'll have to see what happens after that. I'll be really curious to see what the content release cycle is like after that. Because once we got into February, we got something new pretty much every single month, all the way through up into including September. And I, I like that. I like getting uh, some of the new stuff. Uh, a lot of it was story based and, you know, which a lot of people like the story. I like the story and it gave, you know, something to look forward to in that regard. We're done with the story for Knights of the Eternal Throne. There's no more chapters, no more any of that coming out. So we won't see any story until they're ready to do another expansion, which I can't imagine would be, you know, until October, November, you know, December timeframe. So we don't have any story to look forward to. There's been hints that we might get a brand new operation coming. But if we do, that probably won't be until March or April. It sounds like March is going to be sort of the next real major update. So, and then we'll see if we're going to get something in April and May and June. Are they going to do every month or, or, or what's it going to be? And don't really have any idea of not only when is the content coming, but what is that content going to be? And I'm hoping 
there'll be a new operation and I'm hoping maybe we'll see something, some more, more type stuff. I mean, the big issue for me right now is I was thinking about as I was trying to work on my galactic command this week was that Knights of the Eternal Throne really lacks a cohesive end game right now. And everything just seems to be cobbled together around galactic command, but it's not really tied together. And the problem is, if you look at Galactic Command as just a giant XP bar that you need to fill and just get to the next level, it can really make doing these tasks and doing these things feel unpleasant and a giant grind. And I think the initial concept was, hey, don't think of it as an XP bar. Just go and do the things that you want to do. Play the things, the, the act, do the activities that you feel like doing and Galactic Command will happen. And I've tried to do that, but it doesn't work very well for me. And like for today, for example, I went and logged in the game. The bonus event was on chapters, on story chapters. So what did I do? I went in and I, I queued up uh, chapter two of Knights of the Fallen Empire, which is a dream of empire because it's very quick. And if you go in there and you space bar through all the cinematics, which is what I do, you can finish that in about eight minutes, under 10 minutes. It's very quick. And that's doing it in story mode. And there's really no point to doing it in veteran mode because it's just going to take longer, be harder. And I don't think you're going to get that much more galactic command for doing it. So I just go and, you know, bang it out two or three times in story mode and then, you know, move on to do something else. Um, but it's very hard to not look at it for me at right now as something other than a giant XP bar. And, uh, you know, so as I said, it just sort of lacks this cohesive end game where there's specific things that you need to do that are kind of engaging to, 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 to get your gear and to do once you get to, to level 70. So hopefully maybe the game update 5.1 will help a little bit with the gearing changes and something like a brand new operation might help a little bit too, especially if there's some, if it's progression oriented in some way. So. So that's really it. That's just my thoughts on Endgame. Like I said, it just lacks a cohesive Endgame right now, and I do not know what the solution to that is, but maybe I'll think about it and see if I have some ideas. So anyway, uh, what did I do? I mentioned in the, in the intro I wanted to talk about sort of a lucky moment I had. Oh, yeah, so I had some some few extra cartel coins. I'd gotten my monthly allotment, and I'd been eyeing the unstable peacemakers lightsaber i think it looks really cool it looks it looks much better than the original unstable arbiters lightsaber that they introduced uh last year but it's really expensive to the cheapest i could find on my server which was shadowlands was like 70 million credits and i have the 70 million to buy it but that was just more than i was willing to part so i said what the heck i'm gonna go ahead and spend a couple hundred coins buy a pack and let's just see if I get lucky. And I guess what I, I ended up experience was really what the, 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 the SWOTOR equivalent of getting bitten by a shark that was getting struck by lightning. And yes, sure enough, I opened up that pack and there was the unstable peacemakers lightsaber. So I feel very fortunate. I'm probably going to die some horrible death. So this may be as a result of having such ridiculous luck and, as tempting as it was to sell it, I decided to hang on to it because really that's what I was trying to, to, to get. Uh, didn't really need the 70 million credits, just didn't want to part with 70 million credits. So, so yes, I lucked out and got the 
unstable. So it does, Peacemaker's lightsaber. So it does happen. Yes, it is possible for you to get a pack and get very lucky. Um, having, you know, purchased a hyper crate or two before in the past, I would just say the odds of that happening are small. I've never had that kind of luck at all <laughs> with, with packs or hyper crates. So, you know, just, just finally had a very, very lucky moment. I thought I would share that with you all. So I'm very happy and now running around using that crazy lightsaber with a lot of my uh, force-wielding characters. So that's it. That's it. So I'm going to just cue up the music here and say that can mean only one thing. You've managed to survive another half hour listening to episode 19 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is SotorPodcast.com. And there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SOTORPodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at SOTORPodcast. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the podcast. And you can look for episode 20 on January 10th, 2017. And remember the Sith Code, Cake is not